Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. Alex, should we just call this podcast a podcast has no name, like Game of Thrones style? We should. Like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> just the, the podcast with no name or untitled, something like that. We're, I don't think we're ever going to get a name. I think it's just yeah. we have to accept that now. Yeah, I think that we're just going to go with the Lakers Silver Screen Roll podcast. This podcast has no name. <laughs> uh, that's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I am Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for finding us, however you find this podcast. Um, but yeah, there, we actually have something to talk about today, Alex, which is fantastic because in August, really the only thing that ever happens is we get pictures of people on vacation. Whether that be banana boats, whether that be Magic Johnson in Italy, whether that be wherever, uh, we actually have some stuff to talk about today, which is nice. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm just happy. It's something to talk about, not just like rumors or, like you mentioned, vacation pictures. Right. So, yeah. And what we, be, what we mean by something to talk about is that the NBA released their schedule uh, for every team, all 82 games for every team. And, of course, the Lakers are going to be on nationally a lot this year. In fact, Alex... They're going to be on national TV over half their oh. games. So I think the NBA is counting on the Lakers making a push here. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, or, for those who don't on Spectrum, this is definitely good news, right? Like a lot of people weren't able to catch those games last year. So at least they have more chances to watch it if you don't have a Spectrum Sportsnet. So that's a good thing. Is that a thing in Los Angeles that people still don't have? Yeah, like, uh, yes, people can't watch Dodger games, uh, Laker games, stuff like that unless you have Spectrum. That is a one of the dumbest stories that like the Dodgers created their own TV network where Los Angeles can't watch them. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just amazing to me that that that's even allowed by MLB. Like the whole region should be able to watch Lakers and Dodgers, and it shouldn't be so much of a hassle. Uh, yeah, I mean, like in an ideal world, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of fans yeah. are upset about that. They've done a better job, like putting a few more games on like uh, basic channels like KTLA five and stuff like that, but. Yeah, for the most part, if you don't have Spectrum, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, well, let's just stick to the Lakers, obviously, which is what we do here. Um, But yeah, the Lakers schedule was released. 43 nationally televised games, 12 TNT games. And of course, uh, if you really look at the main, and would you say like the NBA's headline day is Christmas, probably? Oh, for sure, yeah. So they, they, they are obviously the premier game on Christmas against the Clippers, so... Um, well, me and Alex thought would be a great thing for, for us to do here today since this is so great to finally see who they'll be playing is we're just going to go through the schedule. We're not going to go like win-loss, win-loss throughout all 82 games, but we will um, go over all 82 games and not give our prediction, but just give you our, our highlights, our thoughts on it, and we'll see how we go from there. That sounds good. And I love what the NBA is doing. They're going to fully lean in to this, like, Battle of LA, the LA rivalry, the Staples rivalry, whatever the name is, this Clippers Lakers rivalry that we are all expecting next year is going to start early, opening night, seven thirty Pacific time. Lakers at Clippers. That's the way to start a season. I mean, it really is. Like those are the two teams like everybody wants to see play against each other. So it's kind of cool that we get to see it right away, and then especially on the big marquee games like. Like you said, opening night and Christmas. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be really cool and, like, high-intense atmosphere for those games. 
I believe this is, as says according here to the Lakers schedule, this is a TNT exclusive. Uh, but I think the only downside about that is that I do not think Paul George will be ready to play. At least that's kind of what I've been reading is that he might miss some time in the beginning. Um, it's not really getting a lot of attention. And this was straight from uh, John Ireland, who works for the Lakers as their radio play-by-play man. He said on his local radio show, like, you know, Paul George had shoulder surgery on both his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And he might miss like a month maybe more early on in the season. So we may not get the full Clippers Lakers experience without Paul George. That's still probably the the team that most Laker fans want to play, especially early on. Yeah. Then both teams are probably not going to be like you said, a hundred percent or really playing at their, at their best because they'll still be trying to fill each other out and get used to playing with one another with so many different players on the rosters now. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to start a season off with like a marquee game, like Lakers Clippers is probably the best you can do at this point. Is is it is it too early to say that the Clippers are this year's Lakers' biggest rival? I mean, I know it sounds like it's so weird for us to go and say like, oh, it's the Clippers. We hate the Clippers because you know they really never have. I mean, obviously the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs for the last six years, but the Clippers have never done anything. That, yeah. They've never passed the second round, so it's it's. I got to wrap my head around thinking that the Clippers are legitimate title contenders and that they play in the same building and they, they, they play, you know, they're going to play each other four times this year. So, um, as are, are they the biggest rival? I, I think like we, we use that term like really loosely when we call out like different teams as rivals. Like you mentioned, like we haven't really, the Clippers and Lakers haven't really had to play each other with like high stakes or in a playoff series where usually these rivalries kind of start and kind of grow. But I think in terms of this season, the Clippers actually might be like their strongest competition, like in terms of getting out of the West. And I think that could kind of spark a rivalry this starting this year, because like we've talked about previous pods, the West is just so wide open that Mm -hmm. uh, the Clippers are definitely one of the the favorites. And so are the Lakers. So this could be the first year where both teams are really kind of vying for home court, like home court uh, positioning and, and playoff seating. So these games actually might, be really crucial at the end of the year in terms of like win loss record and who gets the tiebreakers. So these might be like playoff atmosphere games this year. So that's definitely exciting. And that's how rivalries kind of start. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the the Clippers are at the moment Vegas's favorite to win the NBA finals this year. So that's, you know, it's a lot of pressure on the Clippers and a great rivalry for the Lakers. Also in the month of October, uh, basically the Lakers are starting off with four home games since they're playing the Clippers, mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, then they're going to play the Jazz. And obviously the Jazz have a lot of hype around them. They weren't able to kind of pull together last year in the playoffs. But this year, you know, they have the six best odds to win the NBA Finals. So the Jazz are a real contender themselves. And the Lakers go Clippers, Jazz to start the season. Then they go Charlotte and Memphis to wrap up October. I mean, just looking at that schedule, it's definitely easier than last year, where the Lakers kind of had some, like a tough opening first uh, week or so. And I mean, ideally, it'd be cool if they can maybe go three and one, or at least split those. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, just looking at Charlotte and Memphis, those are kind of the teams the Lakers are going to have to beat this year in terms of like if they want to get home court advantage or a high seed. They got to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And last year, they did like an okay job at that, but they're really going to have to destroy these like weaker teams this year and kind of show they're they're like a force a team to be reckoned with this year yeah it feels like the west has been so dominant over the east for so many years and now this year the way it's kind of all got reshuffled again the west is so much better than the east i know the east has the bucks 
and the 76ers and the Celt- the Celtics, really. Um, but, you know, the Raptors are not going to really do anything this year. I can't really think of the Heat kind of doing anything with Jimmy Butler. I'm sure they're they're expected to, but yeah, it's the power is in the West, and it's it and it you really do have to beat the teams that you're expected to beat because you're playing a lot of powerhouse teams all year long in the Western Conference. Yeah, no, exactly, and the, those Western Conference games, like those Tuesday night games, are actually going to mean something in terms of you know getting a playoff spot because. Like last year, a lot of teams are kind of in that playoff hunt for that number eight seed all the way into the last day. Like a team like Sacramento or, or Dallas could potentially be a team that kind of comes out of nowhere again and it could mess up a lot of people's brackets and, and seeding situations. So, yeah, like they, they got to take advantage of their their matchups against other Western Conference teams because I think it's going to be important for the Lakers to get a good spot in, in the playoffs and just a secure spot. Like we kind of joked about or you mentioned like it's not crazy to think you know they can miss out in the playoffs, but they gotta prove that they really want to make it there and, and start off strong. Definitely, if the Lakers are losing games to teams outside of the playoff uh, race and they're beating the teams in the playoff race, I can guarantee you the Lakers will be battling for a low playoff spot. If those are the games that they're losing, mm-hmm. like they're gonna be battling all year. So hopefully they they don't right. Yeah. So. Um, in the month of November, they hit the road for three games in a row at Dallas, at the Spurs, at Chicago. Uh, when I look at November, though, what I love about it is that we get to see some teams that are going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. First, November 13th, they play the Golden State Warriors at Staples Center. The, off a of second night of a back-to-back, I, I know it, they still got to get on a plane. I know they still got to travel. But going to Phoenix is like the easiest back-to-back and then playing at home the next day. That which is what they do. That November twelfth and thirteenth, they're at Phoenix, and then they play the Warriors at home. So that's the first little kink I think of the schedule was the first back to back, and then we see the new look Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> we play Oklahoma City twice, and then you play the Spurs at Memphis, and then November twenty seventh, the big one. It's the big one at New Orleans. That is the highlight to me. So you got the war. I mean, obviously playing the Spurs twice in San Antonio is a big deal. The Spurs were a playoff team last year. The Lakers are only playing five teams that made the playoffs last season in the first two months. That's the Clippers, the Jazz, the Thunder. Thunder are not going to be a playoff team. The Spurs and the Warriors. Do you like how definitive I was about the Thunder? I was going to say, like, do you not <laughs> trust Chris Paul anymore? Or <laughs> no, not by himself. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's uh, still Steven Adams. But, yeah, I could – they're, they're another team. Even Adam's going to get traded this year. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, they have so many draft picks. I mean, maybe they want some more, but I don't know. Like, they're another team who I can see teams take for granted or kind of overlook, and then they kind of sneak up and beat a couple teams where uh, other teams aren't taking them seriously. But, yeah, like, someone's going to miss out on the playoffs, and it seems like OKC might be a little def- definitely going towards rebuilding. So, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that. In November, you have two huge games. Obviously, I would say like four huge games. Mm-hmm. You have, you're also playing the Heat. You're playing the Raptors. Who know what the, who knows what they're going to look like? Um, but you're playing the San Antonio Spurs twice in San Antonio. You're playing the Warriors at home, and you're playing the Pelicans, which we know that game. Who knows what the young guys in New Orleans are thinking about when they uh, host the Lakers? So that to me are the highlights. Oh man, I, yeah, I'm really excited for that New Orleans game. So I, I want to see how Lonzo and Ingram and and Zion and Josh Hart all kind of play when Anthony Davis returns home. Like, how do, how do you think the crowd's going to welcome Davis when he comes back? Do you think there'll be cheers? They'll, they'll... He should be booed for sure. Okay. I'm a firm believer that when you force uh, 
your way out of a place, I don't care how well you did, you still want it out. Like you got to you got to boo the man. And <laughs> and listen, I'm I'm an Anthony Davis fan now. I'm a big you know, like that's my guy. But Pelican fans should absolutely be booing him. And at that point of the season, who knows how the Lakers are gonna start? Who knows how the Pelicans are gonna start? Um that's two pretty brand new looking rosters. When you get three guys for one and then the Lakers and they got Zion. Let's not forget about Zion. Yeah. And then the the Lakers are basically a rebuilt team again. Who knows what they're going to look like in the beginning of the season? That's going to be probably the Lakers' biggest storyline besides who they play in the first two months of the season is how do they play? How do the Lakers come out of the gate? How do do the Lakers buy into Frank Vogel's system? Does LeBron James buy into Frank Vogel's system? Does do they look better defensively, which they were not good at last year? Are they better three point shooter? How does there's so many questions that by the time they play the Pelicans, they could be you know who knows really what they could be. Yeah, and like last year, we saw this team kind of start to hit their stride around December, definitely up to Christmas before LeBron got hurt. So around November, late November early December teams kind of start to show who they are and if they're legit or not. So this definitely could be a, a crucial time for the Lakers where they kind of have to get over a hump or show that they can build this consistency and win on the, win on the road. Cause I think this is what one, two, three, four road games like in a row during that. Yep. Yeah. So definitely got with three. Yeah. It starts with three and it finishes with four. Yeah. So that tail end of the game in new Orleans could be a tough one if they're tired and definitely with a, you know, Lonzo and Ingram are going to want to, you know, show out and play super hard against their old team. So that could be like a swing game for that road trip. Dude. And then when you move to December in this part of the schedule, this is where it gets a little, not dicey, but this is where you're really going to figure out who the Lakers are because they only have five home games and they have nine road games in December. The first of five, they have, I believe they have three, five road games in a row, if that makes sense. Yeah. The way I described it. And this is their first one. They're at Orlando, at Miami, at Atlanta, at Indiana, at Milwaukee in the middle of December. And then they come home for the Nuggets and then the big Christmas Day game against the Clippers, which is the headliner that day for the NBA. So five home games, nine road games wow. in the month of December. Yeah, that's tough. And they have to play, like you said, in Denver, in Utah, in Portland. Like three mm-hmm. three cities where they've like historically struggled to win at. In Portland twice. Not back yeah, to oh back, but God. in Portland that, twice that That's going to be a brutal stretch. Like I think that three-game stretch in particular is going to be really tough. And then... Especially uh, with Denver, Utah being a back-to-back. Oh, man. Who, yeah. The, who knows? The, That's one thing that no one's really talked about is how is Frank Vogel going to implement back-to-backs with LeBron James this year? For sure. And, or how they how they how how he staggers minutes. Like, we've critiqued Luke Walton in the past about how he staggers his minutes and how he kind of handles his rotation. So Vogel's got to do a really good job in kind of staggering these guys and keeping them healthy. Like, uh, I think he said that he might want to give guys like Anthony Davis, LeBron, maybe days off or kind of help preserve their health long term. But uh, it's going to be interesting in those back-to-back games, how he handles LeBron's workload and how he kind of handles this rotation and roster. I mean, they're pretty deep. Like, they're deep enough to kind of be creative and stuff, but it's going to be up to Vogel to kind of press the right buttons. I would say that I agree with you that LeBron should have probably only play, you know, if he stays healthy all year, um, you know, 70 games maybe. He should have a lot of days off, I think. Um, but maybe that's too much. But I think Anthony Davis should play every single day. He's 26 years old. He barely played last year in the second half. Anthony Davis, he's only there for a year guaranteed. 
Um, and I know the Laker fans and I myself want him for a lot longer, but let's be real here. It's, it's, he hasn't made any guarantees about it. So I think Anthony Davis should be playing every single day. I mean, they're going to need him too. Like if LeBron is going to get some time off or if he maybe plays the first end or the back end of a back-to-back and not both, then yeah, Anthony Davis is going to be at the, has to be a guy they rely on and has to be a guy who kind of handles a lot of that offensive responsibility. And, Especially on the also on the defensive end, like he needs to be their anchor on both sides of the floor, and although that's a lot to ask for, he is only 26, and I think he can handle that. Um, do you think LeBron should play every back to back, or do you think they should be they should be smart about how they handle those with LeBron? I think there's certain ones that he can play back to back, like that early on that I said, but the Phoenix and then the home one, yeah, like those aren't too bad. I don't think Denver Utah is too bad. Um, there's certain ones that, yeah, maybe you don't want him to play back-to-backs. But, you know, when you're playing the Knicks, like in January, let's move on to January, they're playing the Knicks and the Nets back-to-back. LeBron can play both those games. Mm-hmm. I think if there's not a lot of travel in between, LeBron could play all those games. Um, you, you know, I don't know if that's the, the, the way they're going to implement it, but th- I think that should be pretty good. I think if, if, if he can play some back-to-backs where there is no travel, or there is very little travel, he should do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I think January specifically as another tough little stretch where they have to play Houston, Boston, New York. I mean, that that's not hard. but uh, So it's Houston, Boston, New York, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Clippers, Portland, and then Sacramento, and then San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then Houston, Golden State. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a tough. Yeah. Like Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes yeah. of it. Right before the trade deadline, right before the All-Star break. Um, that's a very tough stretch. Mm-hmm. And that's at the end of January. The beginning of January, is it's January 1st. You never know, right? Like, you <laughs> never know. Like, they're playing Phoenix at home, but you never know what team you're getting there on New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm not telling, like, every guy's going to go out and get, you know, messed up and uh-huh. annihilated, but but you never know. It's a little sluggish. 7.30 p.m. at night. You know, you're kind of like, all right. So they start there, but January 3rd. New Orleans. New Orleans again. And those are the two times. They only play them twice, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, they play them three okay. or four times. Well, that'll I'm be the first uh, home game, I think. First home game. Uh, yeah, so Lonzo and Ingram and Hart will return. So that that's definitely going to be interesting to see how they play at home and how the crowd, you know, welcomes them. They should welcome Hopefully they welcome them back. Like, they, you know, I know some fans aren't as high on those guys as others, but... They definitely should, you know, not boo them, in my opinion. Yeah, because they didn't force their way no, out. No, yeah. And I think that's the difference. I, I, I tried to make that a little clear earlier with Anthony Davis. Is he forced his way out. Did he do the, the Pelicans a favor by, you know, getting something for him? Yeah, yeah, I could see that argument, I guess. But at the end of the day, he still forced his way out. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to re-sign. He didn't want to play with Zion. He didn't want to play, he didn't want to play with Drew Holiday anymore. He wanted out. Mm-hmm. So... The, the guys that got traded from L.A. to the Pelicans, I think it's a much different story. They were just casualties of getting a, a once-in-a-generation type player like Anthony Davis. For sure. And, and you uh, know they'll be excited to be back home and kind of to, to show the Lakers what they're missing out in a way and kind of play their best against them. In January as well, the first time that you play the Rockets. And yeah. that'll be interesting because you're in Houston during – and that's the beginning – of another five-game road trip that's a difficult road trip. We're at Houston, at Boston, back-to-back Knicks, then Nets, and then at Philadelphia. So the first time you play the Rockets will be the first game of a five-game road trip. 
And, of course, the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, how are they going to be looking like? And I think they'll, they'll probably have it figured out by January. For sure. And it's kind of interesting. Like you mentioned, four of those five teams are from the Atlantic Division. And I was doing uh, research for my article that came out yesterday on the schedule. And last year, the Lakers were 1-9 against teams in the Atlantic Division. So that's definitely got to be a place they improve. Like they lost, I think they lost every game against the Knicks last year or something crazy like that. And the only, the only game where they won was a game winner against Boston on that Rajon Rondo last second uh, oh, okay. game winner so they definitely got to play better against boston new york yeah. brooklyn and philadelphia this year especially when you follow up that five game road trip with another home game against the clippers then you are playing the blazers and that's how you wrap up january but then at the kings which wow. is always tricky like for some reason it's always tricky and it's a back-to-back with after the blazers and then you're playing the spurs at home the rockets at home at the Warriors, and that's a crazy stretch for the Lakers. Yeah, that's tough. And you brought it up to start. You brought it up to start the month of January, and it trickles over to February. So let's just say that again, so people can understand like this: from January 18th to February 8th, this is the Lakers' schedule: at the Rockets, at the Celtics, at the Knicks, at the Nets, back to back, at Philly, and you come back home, play the Clippers, the Blazers, then you go to Sacramento, you play the Spurs. You play the Rockets and you finish in Golden State. That's tough. <laughs> like you, like that is hearing a, that out loud. It, it's uh, it's definitely like a daunting uh, stretch there for the team. Yeah, and then you're gonna go to February uh, to keep going uh, home versus Phoenix at Denver, and then you have a long All Star break. Uh, and then you're also playing the Celtics again, the Warriors again, the Pelicans again. So February, it's gonna be good. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. That is a crazy uh, stretch for the Lakers because, it. I mean, yeah, you have Phoenix in there um, and you have Memphis in there, but everything else, man, is – it's February is difficult. It is very difficult. And you have to throw all-star break in there and you throw the trade deadline in there. So February is going to be a very interesting season. Um, you know, if you're the Laker – if you're a Laker fan, I'm sure you're hoping that you're a buyer at the trade deadline if there's anything to buy instead of selling everybody. So mm-hmm. – yeah, I mean, I don't even know what they have to trade anymore. Like, they traded so much away that really, if it's not like a guy like Kuz, I mean, unless it's like a, it's a really small thing, like a second round pick for like a expiring deal, or maybe like they wait out the buyout market because they still have that empty roster spot, I think. So maybe by then a team like Memphis is out of it, and maybe Iguodala gets bought out or something. That's something they explore, or they they get someone who gets bought out that could be the late. Uh, season edition they get because i don't think they have too much else to trade at this point can you trade like 20 30 first round picks <laughs> i don't like, i don't think that how, far out how far in advance can we trade first round picks? i don't know i mean they they're they have a lot already going out and then because of the stepian rule they can't trade a back-to-back first round picks in the same like consecutive year so they i think it'd be something really small like second round picks i, I don't think they'd Unless they're like super, like there's someone really good on the market they can get for a first round pick and kind of put them over the top. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who's available at that at that price. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But hopefully the Lakers aren't just like out of it. You know, like last year the trade deadline, all the rumors, like that just kind of ruined the season, right? Like all the rumors, the whole Anthony Davis thing, LeBron drafting him at the All Star break, all that, all that stuff. It kind of was around that All Star break time and. We all know how the rest of the season planned it out. So uh, hopefully a different February for the Lakers this year. In March, um, a lot of road games again. Uh, nine road games. Your final five-game road trip. Actually, scratch that. Six-game road Sheesh. trip. 
Is this the Grammy trip? Is that still uh, thing? March, I believe so. I, I yeah yeah yeah. I, it's I think it's the longest road stretch of the season uh, consecutively. Yeah. yeah. So they leave Los Angeles. Their last home game is March 18th, and they don't play again in Los Angeles until April 1st. So they have six road games in a row at Charlotte, at Detroit, at Toronto, at Cleveland, at Washington, at Minnesota. Not the most intimidating road schedule, but in March, you know, those games are going to mean a lot. Yeah. And you probably will have a couple injuries, just just being realistic here. So that's still going to take a large toll on the team. And uh, they only have six home games in in March as well. And that March uh, road trip, it's... uh... A lot of games in a few days as well, like uh, back-to-back Charlotte-Detroit, two days later at uh, Toronto, two days later at Cleveland, two days later at Washington, two days later at Minnesota. So it's a lot of traveling in a short time span. And although those teams aren't the greatest teams, like they should do well against them, uh, playing on the road is always hard. And the Lakers kind of really struggled playing on the road last year. So it's going to be a good test there to kind of show that they can beat the teams they, they have to. Yeah, for sure. And you finish up... Uh, you play the Clippers one last time in March. You also play the Pelicans uh, one last time in March. And uh, the Bucks, you're, you host them in March as well. And the Rockets again. So uh, March is just a busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Not the toughest schedule like February. It's just a busy, busy schedule in March. Lots of games. You have 15 total games in March. And there's only 31 days. So uh, basically playing every other day. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you wrap up in April... And you wrap up with a ton of home games. You finish with six home games, two road games, and the only road games are at Sacramento, at Phoenix. So, April, you're pretty much chilling in Los Angeles. Uh, You do play the Pacers, the Thunder, the Bulls, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Kings. So, not the toughest schedule to finish up with. So, if they can get through that January-February stretch and then get through that final road trip, they, they do finish up with a lighter schedule in April. Definitely. And I think that's something I, I try to point out in my article yesterday that the Lakers have kind of really comfortable schedule, like a comfortable bits of their schedule at the beginning and the end of the year, which is really important for to finish and to start strong. So that's definitely something in their advantage where they can kind of, you know, benefit from having the, the advantage of playing at home and within the state and not having to travel far and stuff like these last, I think eight games are going to be within California. So those road games, although they're road games, like you said, those short flights aren't as, you know, as exhausting on the bodies as the other ones. So they definitely can take advantage of that. Yeah. You can catch that article on silver screen and right? Yeah. 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 It came out yesterday. So I yeah. kind of so doing check what it out. doing now. Yeah. Yeah, if you want a, a written version of what we're doing now, you can check that out, Alex uh, Regla on silverscreenroll.com. So, yeah, I mean, really, if you take away, not take away, but like you said, if you if they can get through January and February, the rest of the schedule is not too tough. And obviously, some teams will be better than we think. Some teams will be worse than we think. So it's, it's difficult to obviously say exactly what the Lakers are going to do, but they start off kind of slow and... I like that they get the the heart, the meat and potatoes of the schedule three months into the season, not early on. Yeah, and hopefully by then they are hitting their stride and kind of that chemistry is built by then and they know how to play with each other instead of that difficult schedule right out from the start like last year where they kind of dug themselves a hole and they had to dig themselves out and then the injuries kicked in and just bad luck all last year. So hopefully this year they take advantage and start off strong. Yeah, the Lakers started 0-3 last year. And obviously, we all know they finished at 37 and 45. 
So I will ask you the dumb question of the day. Will the Lakers win more than 37 games in 2019-2020 season? I, I'm pretty confident that they'll win more than 37 games. So yeah, I, I definitely think so. Do you? I, I know you may be a little lower uh, on their outcome, maybe their regular season outcome than I am, but what do you think? Do you think they pass 37? Do you think they struggle? What do you think? Yeah, I... So last year, I really had my eye on 50. I thought 50 was a solid number because they still had a lot of youth, but they did have a lot of veterans, not the best veterans. So I had my, my eyes set on 50 last year. Now I'm a little bit more realistic. Um, I would say somewhere between 45 and 50. Uh, that sounds about right. I do think they're a fresh-looking new team, so you, that's why I don't want to say that they're going to go out and win like 60 games. Do, do you think how many – like what spot in the West is 45 to 50 wins gets you? Do you think that's a top four? I think that's probably like, I think that's probably like a six or five, maybe. Okay. Don't you think? I I don't know. Like it's so hard. I, to I gotta look this at the West. Sca- yeah. I'd have to like look at the standings from last year and kind of even even go from uh-huh. there because the West is so tough that I could see teams losing a lot of games. Yeah, I think a team like Utah won fifty games last year. I think. Yep. That that was kind of under the radar, like that that team won fifty games. So I think. Uh, it's there's gonna be a lot of teams kind of in that 35 40 win range, and I think the Lakers have to maybe pass 50 wins if they got they want to get home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, last year the Warriors only won 57, and that were the one seed, and the, the Clippers won 48, and they were the eight seed, so it was pretty tight. Yeah, you know, it was only nine nine game difference right there. So I think it'll be very similar. I do think the Lakers will make the playoffs, I think they're just too talented, uh, top heavy, probably like Davis, LeBron, Boogie. I just think they're just too good to not make the playoffs. I do think some teams got worse, like the Thunder got worse. I think the Warriors got worse. Um, so I didn't do think the Lakers will be a playoff team. That's for sure. Yeah, I do may too. not be as high as everybody. I may not be as high as everybody. I don't think the Lakers are gonna go out there and like steamroll the competition. Um, where I do think some Laker fans kind of feel that way, don't you? Yeah, and I I think maybe this year maybe maybe like an exception to where playoff seeding doesn't matter as much as years past where if the Lakers are the fifth seed, like that's a dangerous fifth seed. Like I I don't think there's much difference between the first seed and the fifth seed there in terms of talent. Like I think the Lakers as a fifth or sixth seed is as good as any team in the West. If you have to play in a seven game series. So yeah. Well, that is our Lakers schedule breakdown. 30 minutes of just raw information right at you guys. I mean, so, better than magic tweets and vacation stuff. So I'm guessing. Well, that's that's what we're about to get. to. <laughs> oh no, I jinxed it. Okay. Oh, that's that's what we're about to get to because we have to play fine or fine. But today's going to be a little bit different because as soon as we hit record here, Magic Johnson blessed us with three tweets that I did not see coming. Because if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which most of you are, it is Magic Johnson's 60th birthday. And in honor of Magic Johnson's 60th birthday, he put together a few lists of his top favorites. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Does this sound as ridiculous as, 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 as I sound saying it? Uh, because uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, off the air, you told me he tweeted out two other lists that I wasn't aware of. So, yeah, yeah definitely. So, he's, so far, he could be writing more as we speak. So far, he's written three top 60 lists. His first one was top 60 films, which we will focus on today. Uh, So first up, top 60 films. The second one, which was a very weird one, uh, top 60 athletes turned entrepreneurs. Hmm. I just want to say it's weird because he put Aaron Rodgers as number one. I was going to ask you, what what, what else does he do? What does he do? Is is, is he like, like, 
Kobe Bryant's 33rd. Doesn't Kobe Bryant an Oscar winner and like body armor uh, like creator? I like think he writes children's books now too. So. Yeah. So I, I don't know that list. I can't really comment on because I don't know what these people do outside of their sport, like Billie Jean King and Brett Favre. And uh, I'm just looking at these other names. Like I didn't know they were entrepreneurs like John Madden. I know his name is Madden, but did he really do anything for that game? I don't know. I, I know Brett anyway. Favre sells Wrangler jeans. <laughs> That's I, do, all I, know. I, I have, I have seen that. Yeah. Um, and then his third list was th- this one. I get because Magic Johnson is a traveling man. Uh, he's top 60 places to travel. Th- that one, that one, definitely. And I, that's a good list to kind of maybe put on a wall or somewhere. Like, I definitely got to go to these places at some point. So that one, I think that one's fine. Yeah. Although this one, it looks like it's an alphabetical order. Oh, that's a cop and out. Then. I don't know if he knew he did that. I think he forgot to... Uh, I think unless are they all alphabet? They are. It, it looks like it. he just copy. He probably just copy and pasted this list off. Of oh God. wait, everything is alphabetical order. That changes everything. Oh, that's not fun. Wait. Oh, that's not fun. Wait, wait. What? Technically, the oh well, the Godfather is first because even though. Oh, so that's like that's his for lame. sure. Oh, I don't even want to comment on this anymore. I, I can ask you uh, of these top. All right, uh, let me read you these top 10 movies he listed and let's see how many you've seen maybe you haven't seen these or maybe you have different opinions than he does in terms of if the quality of these movies okay (laughs) Okay. so number one the godfather have you seen the godfather i've seen it i love it okay me too i love that movie all right a piece of the action never heard i've never heard of that either okay bad boys i don't remember the first one too much i do like the second one. i like the second one too i saw that in the theaters and i'm like oh this is actually pretty good i didn't yeah. i did i go i went in with low expectations and i liked it uh barbershop would not make a top film of mine <laughs> in any <laughs> that's the one that sticks out to me in this whole list is barbershop really number because f- number four number, overall i mean number I'm, five. Oh, number five no it's number four no, but I'm saying, like, number five is like, how is this on anybody? Oh, the best I, man. I, I, well, it's alphabetical order, so. But still, to be on anybody's list as best top films it's, of all time. It's magic. He can he makes his own rules. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. I love it. I it's love good it, movie. too. Yeah. Black Klansman. Never saw it. I heard it's good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I heard uh, it's good, too. Black Panther. I love it. Mm-hmm. Boomerang. <laughs> Boomerang. Never, I've never heard of Boomerang. Okay, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. All right. Uh... And Boys in the Hood, last one. Who doesn't love Boys in the it's Hood? It's a great one. And number it's 11, A Bronx Tale. That's a personal favorite of mine. Have you seen that? Oh, is it? I haven't seen it. Oh, that it's one. really good. Robert De Niro, and it's kind of really cool, like a little mafia-type movie I like. It's kind of underrated. I like that movie. Magic's top 60 films are in alphabetical order. Like, that's how <laughs> – like, that's just – who wrote this for him? <laughs> you can say that about any of his tweets, though. Who wrote this I for know. him? I know. That is so crazy, man. That is so – so crazy. Um, but yeah, if, if you get a chance to look at Magic Johnson's tweets, he has three uh, lists out right now. And just the movies, the movies on here. It's like, what? There's a movie <laughs> called Sparkle. <laughs> uh, Rio, Rio Bravo. He, oh. put trip, he put Triple X on his top 60 Oh, films. maybe he's just a big uh, Vin Diesel fan. I don't know. Yeah. He put Shaft and Shaft 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was my favorite thing i saw on this i, I mentioned to you off air how good that is uh yeah yeah i mean one. there's some good ones in here uh, yeah i'm just like like taken 
I love Taken. I like how he has Rush Hour over Scarface in his list. Right, too. right, right. Uh, yeah, he does have some pretty good ones. Uh, Jerry Maguire's good. King of New York. Uh, Love and Basketball. Like, people, all these movies, people. Ocean's Eleven. Sure. Movies you've actually have seen. And then there's movies on there just like, what? That's that's <laughs> that's on there? But anyways, Magic Johnson is still a must-follow on Twitter. Thanks for quitting, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, he's doing a better job with these tweets and these lists than he did as the Lakers president, probably. Yeah. So, And obviously, he couldn't tweet the top 60 athletes turned no. entrepreneurs if he was still the Lakers president of basketball operations. Definitely not. He's got his priorities he, straight here. Because Dwayne Wade's on that list. I think he is... Oh, he kind of retired, but uh, there's, you know, LeBron James is on that list. Michael Jordan's on that list. Uh, Pat Riley's on that list. Mm-hmm. So there's some basketball names. Steve Nash, Shaq. So, anyways, Magic Johnson, at Magic Johnson, as if you needed my plug. <laughs> we got to plug him, yeah. In case you don't know who he is, yeah, we got to promote him. All right, man. Well, there it is. That was the uh, Lakers schedule breakdown. Uh, next week, we will probably continue our profile series. We signed up for Frank Vogel. Yeah, and, and he's definitely going to be a, a key key person in this Lakers team next year in terms of how they do, I think, in terms of roster, who plays, the rotations, all that good stuff. So that's yeah, pretty good. For sure. And like we, um, we decided this week that just with the schedule and with Maggie Johnson's list, there was enough stuff to not have to profile somebody today. So we'll save that for next week. We'll check out Frank Vogel. There's so much to talk about with Frank Vogel because, I mean, you could just Google his name and there's already stories about, like, can he handle the spotlight? Is Jason Kidd taking over already? Like, it's great. Like, mm-hmm. good luck to Frank Vogel, man. It's gonna He's going to have a heck of a season just staying out of headlines for non-basketball reasons. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. He's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You could also catch his writing on silverscreenroll.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. And uh, why don't you give us a rating and review while you're there? How about that? And a, and a show name idea. <laughs> oh, I know. While you're at this, it. This podcast has no name. All right, Alex. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Thank you.